Alrighty, hello and welcome to another episode of Two Dumbbells and a Microphone. I'm Joey Dessel. Mm, and I'm DJ Moore. This is episode eight. Eight. The topic for today, if we were selecting only five exercises for the entirety of our training, this is training other people, not just our own favorite exercises, five exercises for the rest of our career, what would those be and why? Okay. Does it sound limiting to you to only have five? A little bit on purpose, right? To I be think a it thought is. exercise. Right. And it's, uh, it, there's no right answer or wrong answer here. Um, Joey's will be a little bit different than mine. And maybe some of the same ideas that we spoke about, whatever episode that was, where we talked about the hinge, the squat, the push, the pull, the Episode overhead. four. Yeah, what four. makes there a go. good workout. Yeah, good memory. So we're going to incorporate that knowledge from the past and kind of why... The stuff we've picked today, those things are incorporated into these movements and patterns. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, limiting on purpose, really just five exercises as an exercise to think about what matters, a priority, uh, and kind of what works most effectively for most people most of the time. And I think that's an important distinction because it's easy for anyone to select their favorite personal exercises but we've really mm -hmm. made sure to think about what's going to develop fitness for most people, most effectively, most safely. I, I, okay. So we have actually two different fives. Yeah. Right over there on our whiteboard across the way and full disclosure, I've been asking this question of coaches and friends of mine since college. I used to have kind of same. like debates about it. Yeah. yeah. Which would you pick, man? Yeah. This one or why? that one, this and, one or that one. And then, Somebody gives a reason why, and you're like, "What? What about?" And you're like, "Oh, wait, you got it exactly." Maybe, maybe I. Oh, I changed my mind. Well, we've had a lot of years to think about these things too. This is not something that is the first time we've ever thought about this. So I've I've given this to all of my clients, and I've just like you, I've talked to other trainers about this. I've mm -hmm. talked to my clients about this. I've told them why I would pick these things. So these topics that we're they're bringing up today, we've run over this many many times. I think. Yeah, it's really fun to kind of have those debates and tap into the philosophy of selection. So across the room here on the whiteboard, we have two lists of five. I also have my iPad here with the responses I've gotten from other coaches if we find time for that. But we want to get into these five. We want to talk about why we've selected these five. And along the way, hopefully give a little bit of disclaimer to make sure that if you follow this advice, you can do it safely, appropriately. Right. We're not saying if you're a novice at any of these things that you, this is, well, because what you have over there, um, the bottom one, mm -hmm. that's a difficult one. Pretty complicated. Yeah. This is something I wouldn't give a, 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 a brand new novice person. No yeah. Way. So that's a great call out. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, as we've answered this question and, and thought about it over the years, we've developed a few guardrails or rules that make it a little bit more uniform. And so uh, regarding what you're saying there, DJ, when we put a complicated exercise on the selection, we offer all the progressions up to that complicated version and all of the variations. So for example, if you're, if you were to pick a squat, you can have a body weight squat. You can do a loaded squat with barbell, with sandbag, with a partial range of motion, with two legs, with one leg, quickly, slowly jumping feet, feet out, feet, feet in, in position. You get it. Yeah. And you so know. What we're really identifying is that the squat pattern is the important thing. And whether we include it in any one of those varieties, 
then we should decide, hey, it's so important we need to rank it in our top five. Yeah, I, that sounds smart to me. Um, you're going to give yours first, and then I'm going to give mine after you. So let's go one. Let's go ba- back and forth. We'll share one yeah. and one and one at a time. You okay. Think? Or do you want to go five and five? I don't think it matters. Let's have fun with this. You pick yours first. I'll go second. I'm okay. okay with that. All right. Well, we'll launch straight into it. So on the board over there, the first exercise movement pattern that I've selected is the squat clean. And just as a way for people to understand, if you're not familiar with the squat clean, this is a very dynamic exercise that involves taking the weight all the way from the floor, one fluid movement, picking it as high as you can, and then dynamically putting yourself under the bar into a squat stance to then finish the lift. And I said bar, but it could be with a sandbag or anything that you want to lift. And so for the squat clean, um, this one is right on there in the number one spot for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, it is complicated. And so we have yeah, a lot of a lot of coordination demand placed on the body. And so thinking back to our rules that we started with, a person can put this on their movement in their workout program, and they might never perform the full squat clean, but they can perform some version of it, progressing their way up to the full movement. And with that in mind, I think the inclusion of a movement like the squat clean is crucial in a, a workout program because it's that full body coordinated effort. And because it's how we pick things up, we generate that momentum that gives us a moment to then get organized underneath it, receive the load, and then lift it again to finish, you know, standing all the way up to our full posture. True. I like this because I, I didn't pick a dynamic move. Mm. Okay. Okay. And this is what makes this difference. Well, yeah, go ahead. because I thought of mine in a, in a simpler form, I was thinking the more of the person that has the very basic of knowledge. Okay. Right? Doesn't have the, quite the, the dynamic ability yet, so the athleticism, mm-hmm. and or the coordination or stability yet. So my first one would just be the squat. The squat, yeah. Okay, right. fair. It's, it has to be in here. For me, because it satisfies a couple of these things, like the hinge and then that core, Mm -hmm. that holding on, that compression of the body. And it is, to not make you sound yours like this complicated, but the squat is still complicated. Definitely. Because it could be hindered by the person's ability to, or mobility through the hips, ankles, shoulders. Those things make it hard to do a proper squat. So when I say the squat, it is not an easy thing to do. However, for my one of my top fives, that it is what needs to be done because it does show coordination. When yeah, that's crucial. So the squat with that deep bend of the knee and the hip simultaneously, right, lowering your entire level and maintaining the proper erect spine so that you could do that even with load. That's the classification of the squat pattern and getting some variety of movement. You can get, yeah, I, look, we could sit here for an hour and probably have to name off every squat pattern sure, with every yeah. device, band, yeah. bell, bar, body weight, mm-hmm. right? We could go through a hundred. Mm-hmm. However, that's the key here, right? We just talked about it. It has the, the ability to be it's the same thing for all of those. Yeah. It can yeah. be scaled, right? Right. From the, from the yeah. very beginner learning how to get through it to the most advanced techniques of squatting. That's why I pick it. Yeah, that's important. So we have the entire spectrum from someone who's doing, you know, not even the full depth and they're only holding it, not even up and downs, just partial down, yeah. hold it until they can't and then finish. That's going to count as squat pattern. And that's what we're going to include if that's the level that you're at right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like it. And so I love that I got squat clean. You got squat. They're both on our lists. 
I will add that with the clean, I think you get a bit edge, a bit of an edge, which is that the, the human is responsible for receiving the loading force. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some added benefits and things for this movement pattern. You got this quick dynamic. Of right. course. Of course. The learning how to compression and decompression, mm-hmm. accelerate and decelerate. Right. These are all part of that movement pattern too. Right. I will argue this though. You can go with fast squats too and pulse squats to get these sort of the same simulated up and downs with control as well. Mm-hmm, so true. you can change your squat to be a dynamic version as well. Therefore, completing what you're saying, the squat clean can do. Well, the squat can have a variety of that too. I love it. Yeah, there's a ton of overlap. Yeah. Yeah, ask one of my clients when I give her jump squats. Mm-hmm. She hates those. They're, they're very tough. But That's a great example of different timing as well. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the last bit on, uh, excuse me, I should say the last thing for the squat clean is that we do have a bit of the deadlift when you're picking from the floor, 100%. bringing it up to the thigh. Love so it off the it's ground. It's kind of a triple movement in a, in a way, and that's represented in the difficulty, you know, the te- technical complexity, the physical challenge of performing it correctly. And I will say that with all of these, quality is what matters most. It's not about absolute load or quickness of movement or mm-hmm. how many you can do before mm-hmm. your, your toughness tank is empty. Quality matters. Precision. And if you do fewer, but they're better, you'll yep. always be coming out ahead. Yep, quality. Yeah. All right, number two, uh, at least for me, number two, uh, these are kind of loosely ranked in order of, of uh, importance. So the second one that I have on my list is the sprint. And I put sprint on here. Originally, it was run, but then I classified that down to just sprinting because I think it's more important for us to do shorter distance, fewer strikes, you know, foot strikes, and actually cultivate the ability for us to accelerate our body because of the safety importance of, of being able to run away mm-hmm. or at least run yourself out of the way of whatever might be coming. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I, these are all great things to know. I mean, sprinting, uh, like um, the place that I, that I work and train at, I don't have a lot of space to sprint. Right. Sometimes it's not really right. conducive in your environment. But actually, yesterday I did banded sprints. So I put a couple bands around the pole, put a band around my waist. I walked out, so I had this sort of tension on it. And so this is in place sprinting for 20 seconds, you know, just running in place. And that band... Okay, running in place, but the band but lets the you band have a forward... lets me have that angle, so I have drive. that foot drive. Yeah. So you okay. can do it like that without nice. sprinting. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you know, some people might... If you are going along with us and maybe naming your top five and you don't have these things, mm-hmm. you can make up your own too Totally. within the premise of how we're saying it. And so sled push... Great. Right? Instead of having the sprint, a short sled push could be that perfect thing you're talking about, right? It would, it would achieve a lot of the same variables, and I would think even a, a couple more, too, with having the load in your frame while you're pushing against the, you know, the, the uprights of a prowler or a wheelbarrow or whatever sled type you have. Or even if you're belted and strapped, you have that resistance that way. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good choice, sled push. Yeah, uh, it's nice. actually, if we're going to, it is one of my favorite things to do is yeah. the sled push. Yeah. Uh, that's a favorite of uh, quite a few very, very strong individuals. And I think it has something to do with the fact that, you know, even on day three or four of your workout week, you're very sore and tired. You can still do a decent sled workout. Always. You're not going to be crushed by it alone because there's no eccentric component in a sled. Mm-hmm. It's just concentric, a lot of blood flow to your muscles. Uh, and so it can actually be like a nice pick me up in the midpoint of your week and carry you through the next couple of workouts. That's where I often place it is usually in my yeah. midweek nice. or 
depending on how my front week look, front of the week looks, I'll place it at the end. Okay. Especially since I'm snowboarding more, I'm watching my my Friday workout yeah, for my body. Got to stay ready. Yeah, for the a little bit more prepared. So I get that. Uh, my number two. Go ahead. The push up. Okay. Okay. Simple body weight push up. Well, I told you. And that means we're going to get angles, decline, incline, one arm. On the knee, offset. Clapping. Unbalanced. So it's this like, horizontal pushing. That's correct. Okay. With, Accessible with no equipment. With variable hand positions too as okay. well, right? We're, we're talking not just feet, knees, hand yeah. positions can be changed with, safely. Mm-hmm. And we can change it from body weight too to be with... Um, Weighted vest. Weight vest. Or sure. parallettes to so go extra. Parallettes, I have those. Gotcha. And uh, bands. Mm-hmm. Although I find bands to be a little bit cumbersome to put on. Yeah. There is some videos out there. There's some people doing them correctly, but they're a little bit more cumbersome to do. So banded, banded for resistance or assistance? Ba- banded for res. Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that's really good. I because I commonly teach this as an assistance uh-huh. uh, for my new p- uh, clients. Um, because it allows us to uh, find ranges of motion in the push-up without that fear of, um, I'm not going to get back up. And we get to use the core correctly because we're not just on the knee. Mm -hmm. Um, Most severe cases, yes, most people I'll start with on the knee and or band. Yeah, band across the squat Uh, rack by the hips. You know, banding their waistline is a great way to be in between the knee push-up and the toe push-up. And so then also, so that would be banned for assistance. Uh-huh. Banded for resistance, I think, across the uh, upper goes across shoulders, the shoulders, underneath your palms, so you can have that extra challenge. Yeah. It's the more advanced, so consider this. The push-up in itself is, again, not that easy. Mm-hmm. It is a complicated motion that to takes properly. proper yeah. positioning. I know a ton of us, myself included, for many years did the push-up improperly. Yeah. And there is a key way to do this. And I'm not going to scare anybody and say, oh, my gosh, you got to go out there and really look at this. But now we just need to tell you that there is a real proper way to do push-ups, and it's important that you learn how to do them. So when we tell you these exercises, too, remember, again, quality. Quality Precision and paying attention to form is highly key for the development. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Number two is a push-up, and with all the variables, which there's another hundred. Yeah, and I think that actually, you know, something I was thinking of when you said that regarding variables and and variety of hand positions specifically, uh, I think that's actually necessary for a lifetime of training. Because if you were to lock yourself in, let's say hypothetically, to one hand position, that's not going to be suitable for your whole entire lifetime of movement. You would need to develop those in-between places and maybe your hands a little staggered and Spider-Man push-up or alligator push-up or any of these weird variations I mean, heck, even maybe a handstand push-up. So you're strong in these vertical ranges as well. Ooh. Well, that would well that would take my push away. Okay. Well, I know. And I don't want to. want to try to keep it keep it tight <laughs> because I know uh, those handstand push-ups. Now nah, forget about it. Man. That's a tough one. Yeah. They're really those are advanced. So yeah, don't do those if you're a beginner. Obviously, but push-ups. You you hear what we're saying? Yeah, absolutely. All right, on to number three. Got it. So the third one that I chose, and this is, again, from a lifetime of uh, rearranging my ideas, uh, the third category I wanted to pick was a pulling exercise. And so the pulling exercise that I settled on is the rope climb. And I know, again, this is highly advanced. And so keep in mind that we're going to keep, we're going to have our rope climb with leg assistance, without legs, with legs held out in, a, in an L or a V, if you're really, if you're really spicy. And then also we're going to have our leaning back rope lower downs. 
So your feet are still on the floor and you're just pulling yourself from a vertical position and then leaning back and, and back to vertical. So you're never even exposed to your full body weight. But the reason that I pick the rope climb is we have unilateral, meaning one-armed pulling. We're going arm over arm as we drag that rope towards us. And it could even be a sled across the room and you're horizontally pulling. Yeah. yeah, we do tug of war. Tug of war standing. Or you're dragging yeah. a sled towards yourself, hand over hand, bringing it in. But that's going to be a bit better for your shoulder mechanics than if we're always doing the exact same movement, like a rowing in a rowboat or a machine cable pull or even a ring row or a pull-up. Those are good, but the rope climb has a slight edge by being one-sided. And you'll see that theme come up in a couple of my exercises. So right. I pointed out here a little bit more a little bit more than anything else. But with this as well, tremendous challenge in your grip. Anytime we go one-sided, we've taken that other arm out of the picture. So the remaining arm is running the whole show. That means it's going to have twice the challenge that a standard pull-up or ring row would have on it. And I like that, okay. you know, to get that escalation. And then finally, when we're doing the rope climb, I find that it tends to be this exercise once we've achieved a certain level of proficiency, uh, when we're doing the rope climbs, there becomes a natural point where we just know that we can't do any more. And it, it kind of has a safety built in where there's no way to do like a sloppy rope climb. By contrast, people get a bigger kip in their kipping pull-up and they're pushing themselves maybe a bit beyond their safety limit. Whereas at the rope climb, it's kind of a harder wall where you say, hey, you know, I just, I know I can't make it to the top. I'm done with these okay. today. Boom. And so yep. it, it tends to have a built-in margin of safety just by kind of the nature of the exercise. Yeah, you're not going to push through a rep here. Exactly. And yeah. you're not going to get an assist from anybody or anything. Yep. It, yep. it is it is either you are yeah, you are going to do it or you are not going to do it. It yeah, has and that, that can be scary, dimension. but sometimes that's okay in our workouts. Be a little intimidated. Again, this is for the extremely advanced. Right. Because we have this this movement within the shoulder blade, this protraction, this retraction, this pulling down through the lat muscle of where your elbow right. is right you can move. most beginners do not understand this process mm -hmm. having to retract a shoulder blade down and in is something that they don't practice right so getting into the rope climb while it has all those advantages that he is saying it is for those who understand those retractions and pulling not just with my biceps and forearm true but pulling with my whole shoulder right the advancement of the rope climb because when you put that up there dude i was like that's a boss move. Right. Rope climbs are it's hard. It's meant to be the top level. It is. And if we never make it all the way there, we can still experience the benefits from that come from the progression. Right. There are progressions. Yeah. As limited as those rope climbs are, there are progressions, and I have taught them to a couple of my clients that were willing. Right. Now. Right. Go ahead. And I don't want to, I'm not controversial to yours. I, yeah. I agree. I just, you just pick some bangers, man. <laughs> these are tough. They're and and to I, do the the spectrum, I do all definitely. of these. I do all of these. Yeah. If, um, I would argue that if I if I had to do a workout or make up a workout that only had these five, it would be a really hard workout. And again, at whatever level of progression of what you're at. So your rope climb yeah. might not even be vertical, just sitting horizontally on yeah, the floor, pulling right. arm over arm, 25 pound plate or a rubber tire that just drags with friction, right? And only weighs eight pounds. There's That's some, still going to count as rope climb in, in my category here. There's some gyms yeah, go ahead. that have that machine mm -hmm. that is a, that rope. Endless rope, yeah. yeah you you and I rope. have created a yeah. video of it where you know you're working on that, and that's a, a great example of you have this fantastic reach, a, a position that would arguably be unsafe if you were in a pull-up, but mm -hmm. is safe now because we're loaded here strongly on the left arm while I reach really long with the right, 
And now as I'm pulling where I'm weak on one side, I'm still strong in the other until I've completed that handoff. Yeah. And we get this fantastic shoulder movement that if we tweak those settings or we make our, our proper progression, even a person who's not capable of doing a full rope climb can still benefit from those one-armed version and that protraction, retraction, grip, practice, strength, grip strength, all this other yeah. stuff that goes at and a those... lower level. Yeah. And they're going to harness things that doing ring rows is, is not going to ever give them no matter how good they get at ring row. They're not going to have that single arm that the rope climb mandates. So that's why I put it here as my category three pulling exercise. Right. And then Even I'm, though it's complicated. It's okay to be complicated. I think yeah. we I, I wanted when we talked earlier about this, I wanted to give the people something different between the you and I. Good. I, I do these moves. I do them often. I've done hundreds and thousands of reps of these things. So I am all on board. Cool. I couldn't do these 30 years ago, a lot of these things properly. It's yeah. taken me years to perfect the ability to get them clean. So for my third, I'm gonna actually say it is the pull-up. Okay. Um proviso. Go ahead. Most people can't do pull-ups. Right, properly. So why would I put that in there? Mm -hmm. Because I can make this an assisted pull. Mm. I use bands. And quite frequently, I use that as the pulling mechanism. I can take as much load off any of my clients as I need to, scale up and scale down in difficulty. I can also change grips as well. So, okay, chin up, pull up. Sure. If I'm going to say my pulls, Give them both. chin them pull up, right? Sure. The reason and I would I, say what well, you could mix your grip. You could you, grab you, two handles neutral. You could have a wide. mixed grip, I've narrow seen grip. a lot of different pull up options. That's right. The gyms. Yeah. All these hand grip options mm -hmm. can be assisted. There's even some machines in gyms that have this assisted platform, platform. that pushes you up a little bit That's while right. you're pulling. Yeah, those are pretty spiffy for being able to practice the movement. They're not in every gym, but if you have them, this is a great opportunity to use this machine and feel what it's like to do what we're saying with the retraction of the shoulder the blade. Full movement of your body, full full joint range of motion. Let me let me let me go off on a tangent real go quick. Ahead. I saw this the other day and uh, it reminded me uh, just talking about it. Mm -hmm. If your trainer is not teaching you about retraction protraction through the shoulder blades and all this pulling they don't know how to pull right and i'm not trying to diss these people but this is a key component that is not taught and i i've been watching this recently and i'm just like they're missing out on yeah. a key component of this that which you just talked about in the rope climb and i'm talking about now in this scapular retraction the trainers aren't talking about at least the ones i've been witnessing lately Mm -hmm. And it's disturbing. So if your trainer's not talking about this, question. Yeah. Maybe they should a, be. That's a really important one I, for shoulder mechanics, proper safe movement, but also comfort throughout the, your daily life and longevity. Longevity. So we'll still be able to stand up like a good, good normal person in our old age. And you're absolutely right. Retraction is so important that I tell my clients in the first time that I meet with them and we're doing a workout, this is the only anatomy term that I will expect you to remember. Ooh, good one. Retraction, right? Have your shoulders in the right place. And if I can be like either a little angel or a little devil on their shoulder, hopefully for the rest of their life, thinking about shoulder retraction, I'm happy with that because it's such a big deal, especially when we then go and put load, weight, reps, fatigue, that's going to matter even more if even you're out more. of position. Yeah. Posture. These are good uh, groups of muscles to help with your posture. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. why I like to do them too. Yep. Creating the draw, the pullback, since we're always so anterior loaded. 21st century life, typing, we, texting, yeah, driving. We, we always have, have our arms that. in front and that activity in our chest. And so neither one of us has on the board here bench press, you know, where we're adding load and getting stronger here. In fact, even when a person does push-ups, mm-hmm. they should stay retracted in their shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and the biggest benchers in the world are doing that as well. So like, it's going to be across all of your movements and like all of I your said, positions. Like I said, man, the push-up is not just the push-up. There is some intricate movement patterns in there, so pay attention to when we teach them. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking, I didn't mention it on the push-up, but we could even maybe load up the lower back with some weights across the pelvis, make it a core exercise, or yeah. do push-ups with one foot off the floor. So oh, you man. have to counter the rotation. And there's a fantastic way with the pull-up. We've talked about regressing, right? the movements we do to prepare for the full range of motion unassisted. But there's also the above where we're adding load to our body or we're doing this with a, a vest on or a band connecting us to the floor. So right. it gets harder so as we pull up, right? Like there's, and there's ways you can maybe do your pull up with some different paces or an L or a V a feet held out in front. Those are going to make it even more challenging than it would be to just let your body descend down. So when we put complicated up here or when we put, even let's say simple, there's always that way for you to make it more challenging for yourself. That's why we're picking them. Yeah. They, have, they have plenty of variables and positions and things that we can do here. So you're not limited to just, we didn't say one exercise really. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not. Joey is, but I'm not. because I, I picked exercises specifically yeah. you know, for the exact question, but I gave myself a lot of room with the progressions and regressions. <laughs> All right. What do we got for the next one then? All right, next on the board, uh, this is number four. This is a crazy exercise. I'll give you that right away. It's called bucket circles. And uh, for those of you that don't know, if you're watching on video, you'll see footage of, uh, of some example here. But it's going to be preparing and training an individual for the U.S., or I should say for the Olympic gymnastics movement of the pommel horse. And so if you're not familiar, this is like the horizontal balance beam, a little bit thicker with two handles, and the athlete rotates his body around and does these crazy gymnastics moves, usually with those hands always landing on the handles or sometimes using the horse itself. Flips. Crazy, you know, insane core strength we've seen on the gymnast. The bucket circle has a five-gallon bucket with a 10-foot rope connected to probably the highest pull-up bar in your gym, and then you put your feet into that bucket and you have your hands on the floor like a plank. And so you're able to do a plank with your feet suspended. And since you're right there on the floor below the anchor point, that bucket will spin all the way around you and you can go from front plank to side plank to rear plank to other side and then right back to front and change direction. And over time, you develop this fantastic 360 degree core strength. Now, this is phenomenally hard, and there's a lot of people that don't even need to ever do a bucket circle, but in keeping with our rules of the of the podcast, okay, yep. we're going to include plank, side plank, and front plank, oh, because man. those are the three shapes that happen in between. Now, if a person needs to transition and work on that up, then eventually they're going to get those, but I put bucket circles, you and just, I count all the parts You just took my fourth, okay, which is the plank. Go, well, that's great. I because love it. The, I'm glad, because this is what it was. Mm-hmm. This is what it was because yeah. I knew that when you said that, so when you were telling me about it, I was like, man, that's ridiculous, right? But I was like, wait a minute, hold on. It's hard, but it's good. But when we have all the the progressions and regressions, mm-hmm. I realized was well, mine's been plank because right. there's again, this is the beginning of how to get to the bucket. 
Exactly. Right? And you yeah. just said it. Yeah. So that, I'm glad that this ties the in with circle us. Bucket circle is the ultimate upper level I would take it at. But if I did sure. just regular planks and planks with one foot off the side ground. Side planks. Side planks. Side plank with their foot on the bench Elbow, so they have higher hands. position. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Again. You know, there's a ton of options. A hundred different options for yeah. these planks, yep. both really hard and some rather easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they have to be in there. You'd yeah. almost think, dude, that we've been working together for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's why I let you hang out with me so much. Ah, that's the reason. Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought I was just the way I dressed. Uh, I don't know. No, no, it's good. Let's do this last one. We're coming up here close to the end. We'll keep it a- around thirty minutes. I here. think that'd be great. So we have just one more, and the, the last one on my list is the Turkish get up. And again, on the video, we'll we'll put some video in here for you. But if you're not familiar with Turkish get up, this one. Starts laying down on your back. It ends up after you go through this specific sequence of movement steps, rolling to your side, coming up to your elbow, and then your palm, and eventually kneeling, and then standing all the way up, usually with a weight held overhead the whole time. I love these things. And that's halfway done. You have the exact same pattern in reverse to go back down to laying down on your back. And it's included here because... It's a multi-joint exercise. It's hugely complex. It can, can be challenging even without the weight overhead, just how oh, it the is. shoulder. And I think that this is a fantastic exercise for the real functional movement. It's become a buzzword. Oh, go ahead if you don't mind. So functional movement has become a buzzword right now where people have basically just used it to label anything that they're trying to sell. But as an example, the Turkish get-up the functionality here is that this is how we will be able to get up from the floor, either without both the use of both hands or while you're holding you know, some objects. And I know that this is true because it's the way that they instruct military and law enforcement and martial artists to regain their feet while still maintaining a protective position. And it's the same way that an older individual would be able to get her, him or herself up off the floor. Uh-huh. So we can talk at length on Turkish Get Up. It's one of my longest YouTube videos because of the complication of it. Yeah. But this needs to be included because of its complexity, of its necessity, and once again, because of its scalability. Whether you're doing this body weight only for your whole exercise career or you work up to balancing a, a weight overhead, that's going to just continue to scale up in terms of the results that it nets for you. I like that you mentioned it's to roll over to get up, to get it into a position I teach this to my 72-year-old client. There you go. I taught her the Turkish get-up, but I taught her in the seven stages. Mm-hmm. You know, the first part, I don't know. Distinct don't, steps. To yeah, I don't want to sure. break them all down, but yeah. there was, I call them the seven stages of the, the get-up. And so what we did is we practiced each stage individually. Mm-hmm. And after a time, then I was like, okay, let's go through the whole thing together. And I think we used like a five-pound kettlebell. Yeah. doesn't have to be heavy no. to still be effective. You know how hard it is just yeah. to... Well, and when you watch them, yeah. they know how hard it is, but just watch the mobility that it takes. That's what right? I was just going to say. You, the, mo- the way your hips have to move <sighs> and your shoulder to support you with your hand out to the side and the body awareness it takes to check your correctness at each one yeah. of those steps, those are all really beneficial. And I would say if you did Turkish get-ups two or three times a week for the rest of your life, you're going to just be happy with the results because it's, again, safe. Even as we push our challenge level up, it's got that natural threshold, and it's going to continue to benefit you well beyond the four walls of the gym. Yeah, it's very useful. Again, very advanced. Mm-hmm. You can work it in stages. Always quality, yeah. quality, quality. Totally. 
My last one. Go for it. Strict press. Okay. It, it is, we have to have, well, it goes along with what most people can't see over there is our whiteboard and, right, and, it, and it's it the, down. it's the overhead movement. So we talked about in episode four, these, you know, seven patterns that we want everybody to do. Well, there is something that we have to do it, which is put something over our head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So strict press again, scalable, different tools can be used patterns, tempos, angles, and for those that don't know, this would be standing up, one arm, two arm, straight overhead. Yes. Yeah. Dumbbell, barbell, two dumbbells, two kettlebells, two barbells. Some people call no. it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be too crazy. Uh, some people call it uh, military press. Military press, yeah. Sure. Sometimes that's seated, but still vertical pressing. So, yeah. Sometimes standing, but vertical. That's yeah. okay. I'd rather and prefer to be standing. Okay. Agreed. Because the involvement from the ankle all the way through the hip and the shoulder stability. Keep your pelvis in the right uh, position. It does. And, it, and we, we notice, and when I do test a lot of my clients for their mobility through their shoulder, this, this pressing movement shows the slight impingement of shoulder mobility. Yeah. Right? Because there's this You'll sort know of... know uh, if it's not proper for you to go overhead. Yeah. If, when doing it, especially with a bar, mm-hmm. it really shows the rotation of that shoulder, whether or not you're going to have that thoracic extension right. to lean back a little bit. But if you have correct mobility, that shoulder will naturally go, what it feels like for most, like it goes behind you. Mm-hmm. It's not really behind you. It feels like it. It feels yeah. like it, but it's that's not. That's the perception. But that yeah. means that that shoulder can rotate through that form properly, handle load, and it doesn't feel like it hurts or pulls. Mm-hmm. That's what I want my clients to get into, but it shows right away if we've got some shoulders that we need to take care of, right. like we need to mobilize a little bit more. Yeah, and, it, and that's a, an important thing to call out. Like if we've talked about one of these exercises and we've said it's important, if it's not a right fit for you as an individual, then it should be taken off of your list, at least until you've addressed the reason yeah. why it's unfit. And, it, and we don't want to just say, oh, you know, I could never rope climb or I could never overhead press. Well, maybe we can find a way eventually to work up to it so you can still harness those benefits that come from the inclusion of this movement pattern. Sounds good, man. Nice. Wow. Anything you want to add to that? I will finish with this. Go ahead. Um, to add, oh, it looks like you got your I got I got some get... document here. Yeah, I'll share it. So well. to reiterate... The things that we've talked about here, they are held up by that first foundational talk that we had on episode four, which is they cover the hinge. What makes a good workout? What makes a good part workout? Part one and part two, our longest episode yeah. to date. Thank you for listening to that. <laughs> hey. Detailed. We got a lot to say. Yeah. We got the hinge out the way. Mm-hmm. We got the squat out the way. Mm-hmm. We've got our push and our pull. We've got our overhead, mm-hmm. deep core. And body loaded. That's right. Yeah. I would say that um, with the inclusion of anti-movement core where yeah. your body is struggling to maintain the rigidity of your, yeah. your alignment, that's crucial. Because uh, a lot of people do core and it's sit-ups or leg lifts. You it's know, a movement. Lengthening yep. and shortening. I prefer the anti-movement core. Plank is why we used I used exactly, it first. Yeah. And that's yep. included. There's always a core component included inside of weightlifting, which I don't think always. a lot of people know about because you can't see it under your shirt, whether your abs are tight or not. But they should be while you're holding a weight. Strict press, right? Yeah. So that time, thing's overhead. What do you think your abs should be doing? You're going to be tight. Yeah. yeah. And you should have some tension in your core when you put a cup on the top shelf of your pantry because that's how we keep our spine healthy as well. Yep. So these are really you know, lifetime exercises as well. 
And I would say that, you know, the only thing that someone could maybe claim is not included here would be a loaded carry where an individual has a dumbbell in each sure. hand, a weight at the shoulders, something like that. Sure. And then I would say, okay, we get a little taste of it with the squat clean, with the press, we're waiting to hold it. But when you do a loaded carry, you might be going one and a half, two, three minutes of tension where your body has 60, 70, 150 <clears throat> pounds on top of it. And that just simply, that kind of loaded time under tension with the long duration doesn't show up in weightlifting movements where we're How doing about, a few uh, seconds per rep. Yeah. Well, you said loaded carry. Mm -hmm. Does the loaded carry necessarily have movement forward or reverse? It doesn't necessarily have okay, to. Okay, then hold guess, on. Yeah. Then. Maybe we can argue this then. Yeah. You say we may have missed something. But I have an exercise that I teach my clients, and I call it the pillar. Okay. It's where we do an overhead press, and then I have them hold it above their head for 30 seconds. Oh, nice. So Sustained. It's a sustained. So yeah, you were just so saying we didn't have that, but I actually teach this. I, like I call it. it the pillar. The way you do your press introduces some of the benefits mm -hmm. from that long And so time we've talked tension. about the variables cool. of all these movements. Well, there is no movement in the pillar other than the one time up, you hold for 30, and then you bring it down slow rack. Nice. Yeah. There you go, man. Arguments can be There's, said for the squat, that. too. Yeah. I can squat down halfway. Really slowly. And stop. Yeah. Right? Stop. Spend 20 seconds, come back up. There's a loaded carry, right? Yeah. Okay, well, then we're good. Yeah, we that, that does give you a good dose of it there. I like it. I have done those. Cool. Let me hit you with uh, a few other additional responses in no particular order, just in the interest of completion. These are responses oh, yeah, that I've cool. collected from other coaches over close to a decade of asking this question from people. And I generally reserve this to coaches I, I have a lot of respect for. So I say, hey, you know, give me a peek into your method by answering this question, if you don't mind. And I tell them the rules of progressions and kind of make sure that we're all going to be playing by the same rules. So I'll give a few of these others and uh, you can look them up if you want to learn more about them. So first one, Joe DeFranco, he's got number one squat variation. He likes the box squat the most. He includes an overhead press or bench press, and he specifies a neutral grip, a row for lots of upper back work. So that's pulling weights towards mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm, pulling mm -hmm. yourself towards objects. But you notice he mentioned his is more of a, a lot, um, Sorry. It would be a horizontal, horizontal pull versus yeah. a vertical pull. Right. He okay. says row. Uh, and I, I sure. tend to find that more people are conducive to that horizontal because of the 21st century lifestyle. Overhead, it just places such strain on the chest. If it's tight already, mm. it's, it's challenging for people. Sure. So I'm with him on that. Number four, drag slash push, prowler or sled, heavy for power and sub max for speed. And then number five, jumping. And he has a couple of variations. Mm. Next up here, Andy B, thrusters, pull-ups, sit-ups, running, and deadlifts. A professor from my local university here, clean and jerk, snatch, front Oof. squat, lat pull-down and front wide grip, Oof. and then a okay. dumbbell chest press or fly. So I thought these were pretty interesting. This guy's super smart. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I feel like a little bit of overlap between a Wait, few of his. Did you say snatch? Yeah, he's got snatch, number Jeez. two. So he identifies the clean and jerk and the snatch. And then also the wide lat pull down in front wide grip. So he's got two with the same oh, hand position. Yeah, like okay. One pulling, okay, one okay. pushing. And I wonder what's up with that. Interesting. But it's interesting, yeah. Again, we're not trying to call anybody out. Yeah. We're not saying right or wrong. It's just to give a, a complete just, picture, right? Just, and, and our two voices are not the only ones here. So Yeah, we're not the only two dumbbells. 
this one I really like, uh, and uh, so a little bit biased, but my friend Christian, one of the strongest people I've ever met, number one, sprinting. I stole my answer from him when I heard it. Number two, iron cross. So gymnastics, oh, arms out to the side, right? Supporting yourself from the rings like a big letter T floating in the air. Okay. Probably one of the hardest shoulder and upper body straight arm strength exercises that you could do. Absolutely. He then includes all handstand stuff. Overhead press, handstand, one arm, balancing, walking. I feel like, okay, that's pretty fair. Wow. Next up, a clean. Includes a deadlift, a squat, axial loading, and excellent power hip production. Plus pretty fun. And then he includes as his fifth, striking for self-defense or also beating down bushes, barriers, animals for safety, moving things, and the transfer of power in this sort of twisting motion of throwing a punch or throwing a ball. Cool. That's, it. That's pretty sweet. You know, I hadn't thought about that. Something that we're doing unilaterally to be, uh, to be developing that rotation. And then also the deceleration that we need to create to slow ourselves down after we've thrown that punch or released that baseball. Yeah, we talked about a little bit of that too. Acceleration, yeah. deceleration is most needed. Super for the body. cool. Yeah. Here's another one: Pamela, burpees, handstand push-ups, sprinting, front squats, jump rope, and oh, maybe change jump ropes to pull-ups. I don't have a pulling exercise, <laughs> so, so she identified too. That's important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you know we don't need sprinting and jumping rope because they're both cardio, and I I think sprint gets a little bit of the edge because it's just so hard and Jump rope doesn't develop our ability to move ourselves through space. So we have to have that, that propulsion. I would give sprinting the edge. Whew. Next up, and there's only two more here. My friend Wes, he has world's greatest stretch. I'll put some video in here so you can watch that, but it's basically a stretching routine. Right. Deadlifts, snatch, cable chop, and landmine clean. So for the landmine, that's typically the barbell inserted in this pivoting point in a corner of a room or on a squat rack so that when you interact with the other end, you have this sort of unique radius of movement on the bar. Yeah. So um, a landmine clean, I guess, would that be from the side? You would have to be. I'm not sure. I don't do them personally. I don't do them personally either. And then our last one, my friend Chris, burpees, rear foot elevated split squat. I think it's a good choice. The split squat's not included. I would like to get that on mine. Well, Pull-ups, deadlifts, and swimming. <laughs> you can't argue swimming. Right? I like swimming. swimming I wish is, I could. If yeah, I had to do yeah, a top 10, yeah, I would yeah, include yeah, swimming yeah, on yeah. my top 10. We might want to say to accessibility yeah. uh, to some of this stuff. That's true. Okay, because not all gyms have a rope. Not every gym has a bucket. Not every gym has a sled. Not every gym has a ring. You know, these things, too, yeah. are limiting. If you're listening from prison. Yeah. no just kidding but seriously do your best with these that you can and if you can get that motivation to go up to the next level then maybe you'll start to get those benefits from it but along the way remember Mm -hmm. like we've talked at the top quality counts and if you're only doing one or two but you're doing them properly that's going to exceed some kind of herculean you know toughness type of training where you do too many and you get hurt and you have a setback if any of you are watch, are listening to this, oh, and sorry, and watching this, yeah, okay, yeah, too. now we're watching this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a chance too if you have your own coach or trainer, and you listen to our podcast, oh, yeah, which that. is awesome. Yeah, ask your trainer some of these questions. I think the best thing out of this for anybody is that we're trying to inform you, mm-hmm. educate you. The smarter we can make you, 
the better the results you'll have, the better the time that you'll have, the more fulfilling this will be. So I keep reiterating it. Test your trainers. I've been tested and I get tested all the time. I get looked at, I get challenged, and I'm constantly have to be in my learning phase and knowing phase. So look. I dig it. Do test your trainers on this, right? If they can't, if you can ask them what their top five are, at least ask them to explain why. Yeah, right. There's no right or wrong answer, but the philosophy of choice says a lot about the individual's brain process. That's right. And like we've just read, you're some of these... That uh, that you read, I don't even I don't agree with them. Right, I would never include burpee. I uh, yeah, I just five. wouldn't do it. But again, if you can give me the reasons why the modifications too, then yes, we could have a a, a, a talk right. about it. Yeah. So I'd again, love to have that debate. If you got good reasons why the burpees in the top five, message them to us because I want to yeah. hear that. And that goes for all of this. If if there's something that you've been screaming at at your uh, speakers for us to mention. Put that into the, the messages or put a comment. Let us know, and, and we'd love to hear from everybody that listens as well. Yes, please. I, that, I, I feel really fulfilled when, yeah. I, when I get a comment back. It'd be cool we, to make a version two of this with augmented choices because of some new information. Right, well. That'd be sweet. I could give you top five uh, cardio, top five compound, top five. You know, there's, there's right. a, there could be any top fives yeah, yeah. On, in, 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 with several categories. It's not what we did. We just said overall. Uh, I think we've been going too long, too. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's I'll do it. Let's wrap it up, folks. Thank, Thank you for listening. Sorry it took so long, but you know what? This is really good information. Yeah, thank you for being here this long. And uh, if you have listened this far, hopefully you can take another moment to like, comment, leave a review, and then hopefully share this on with someone else. And like DJ mentioned, if this can be a thought-provoking question that you have for your trainer, Or if you're a trainer, this can maybe get your wheels turning. And if you're a person who's been thinking about something that we haven't included, don't hesitate to reach out and send us a message about that too. We'd love to hear from all the fans. And uh, thank you once again for listening this far and being here today. Y'all have a great day.